Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Here's My Heart. And I know I have not uploaded in, or uploaded, is that what you say when you record a podcast? I've not posted, I guess, a podcast in a hot second. Um, Again, you'll find out, I think, throughout this entire episode as to why, but... Hi, my name is Vanessa Goya. If you are not, I guess, aware, which if you just clicked on a random podcast, I can't see why you'd be aware of who I am at all. But I am 20 years old. I moved to New York City exactly a year ago on the day I'm recording this. And so much has happened in this past year that I did not expect. There's been a lot of good. There's been a lot of bad. And I would say that this has been the best yet also very much the worst year of my entire life. There's been such highs that I'm when I say highs, they're incredible, like skyscraper, literal highs. But when I say lows, I mean like I almost hit probably bedrock. Like I was really down in the dumps. And a lot of the times this year, I don't think I've realized that it would get better. And I didn't believe that it would get better either. Recap with you. Talk through each month, maybe the good and the bad. And what I learned eventually from it all. Because I think in the moment, again, like I didn't think that I would learn anything. And I was like, this is not a teaching moment. This does not need to happen. But... I moved from California, and when I left, I took a temporary leave from UCSB. I do not intend going back to UCSB, and I'm very certain in that choice, but I'm not certain in the fact that I won't ever go back to college. I do want to go back to college after this year. I realize a lot of me still wants to learn things, and I still want to learn things that I'm interested in, and at UCSB, they didn't have a major for me that I really wanted to pursue, and I also wasn't really sure what I wanted to pursue. So it felt like a waste to go through another year of college when I just didn't feel like I was doing the right thing. I moved of December 27th. I took a red eye flight. I landed on December 28th with my best friend, Derek. He decided to come, you know, break in the new city with me, I guess. And we just adventured and it was a lot of fun. I honestly appreciate the fact that he came with me and I was not moved into my new apartment, the one I'm in right now. I decided that I knew I was going to be in New York for a while. So I wanted to buy a property instead of rent. And I was surprised when my banker said that was a genius idea. I was like literally shocked that he agreed with me. I thought it'd be some random idea that I had that was stupid and someone would tell me it's stupid. But then my banker literally told me that's genius. So I did it. And in November, a month before I moved, I'd researched I'd visited, I toured a ton of places and I put in an offer and it got accepted. So we were finally in the beginning stages. January for me with my housing was a lot of just submitting papers, submitting applications because I bought a co-op. And if you're planning on buying a co-op in New York, let me tell you, it is terrible. You need to set aside like five months. This is the worst thing I've gone through in my entire life, which is really incredible to say because I once met a subscriber, Carrie, I'm pretty sure Carrie was her name, always watched my videos and that a lot of unfortunate things always tend to happen to me, which is very true for some reason. I was not ready for that one, and I also was not ready to live with three boys, and I want to, if they're listening anywhere, Justin, Chris, and other Chris, I met them, they were the first people I ever met in the city, and they welcomed me with just open arms, and I will never be able to repay them for that, like, they gave me a place to stay, and when I couldn't move in, you'll find, like, you'll, you'll, um, I'll talk about it later, but when I wasn't able to move in, they still, they didn't, like kick me out I guess like they literally we were strangers and they took me into their house and they gave me a place to stay and although it was not an ideal situation for any of us they still allowed me to be there and they were my first friends ever so I want to say thank you guys because you were my first family like you're my family over here and I will never forget the kindness that you showed me And so I ended up having to stay in that apartment without a room. 
Um, I slept either on the couch or on a twin bed with Chris, which thank you, Chris, you're a great roommate and I hope I never annoyed you. Um, And living out of a suitcase for five months because I ended up moving in May was probably one thing I never thought I'd do in my entire life. And I didn't realize how difficult it would have been for me. Every time I wanted to get dressed, I had to just throw that suitcase on the ground, open it, search through my clothes, turn, you know, like every single time I wanted to get dressed. And I also wasn't ready for the winter. I was not ready at all for the winter. I struggled a lot with seasonal depression. And when I say seasonal depression, I mean like I would lay in bed for days and not get up. I would stay in bed for days and just had no reason to leave my bed. I would also bounce around Airbnbs at this time. I mean, I I bounced around a couple, I think, because I was not wanting to intrude on their space for as long as I possibly could. Like, I wanted to give them their space. So that also happened, and I wasted so much money on those Airbnbs. And now let's move on to February. So January to February, I started struggling a lot with binge eating, and I have not really talked too much in depth about this I think because I've still been struggling with it and I don't want to really share like tips or anything if I still am going through it and I'm still unaware of how I'm going to solve it but it's been getting better but I think this was the first time in so long that I've struggled with that because I was in recovery for um, anorexia and everything they told me suddenly didn't make sense to me anymore you know like Everything I had to learn when I was in recovery, I, it wasn't helpful for me anymore. It was almost harmful for me. And I also struggled with a really, um, I think this was the beginning of my very unhealthy relationship with working out. I just wasn't very aware of it. And so February rolls around. I flew back to Santa Barbara and I saw Derek for his birthday. We went to Joshua Tree. It was really nice. But it was my first time back at Santa Barbara ever since I'd left. And I felt the second I drove through those Henley gates, my heart could not stop pounding and my whole body just like started shaking. It was just like a natural response. I guess I had to have UCC SB, but it was weird going back, I will admit. And then I wrote on February 5th, I have a lot of journal entries that I never shared. I mean, they're my journal entries. They're very personal to me, but I think in order to kind of tap back into where I used to be mentally, I went through my old journal and I wrote down a lot of like little excerpts of quotes I said that I think really capture how I felt in that moment. So on February 5th, I wrote, it's been a minute since I just sat and I've been forced to feel my thoughts, my emotions, to feel as hard. Because I think for so long I numbed every single emotion I had that it's all started to hit me and I didn't know how to feel about it. So that's the first time I think I learned that ignoring things and really actually running away from things they are going to follow you no matter where you go and I read this one story in this book someone who will love you in all your damaged glory and it was a story titled before you move across the country and I'd read this book sometime in the summer but I never felt so connected to this one entry I made a video on it even because I felt so passionate about what they had to say because I did not run to the city to escape whatever I was dealing with in the past. I think I came to the city because it was like a new start for me. It was a new adventure. And I thought it would have been butterflies and rainbows, which is stupid of me to believe. It was very much the complete opposite of that for a while. Um, And I was also feeling a little bit of when am I ever going to move into my apartment? Because at this point in time, I'm supposed to move in a month. I'm supposed to move in the middle of March, I think. That's the projected closing date. I was like, okay, finally, you know, something good can happen. I can make clothing videos. I can get dressed finally in the mornings. I 
can have my own private space because that's something I wanted so badly. And that's one of the reasons why UCSB just, it was constant people. It was constant. I couldn't be alone, but I never wanted to be alone so like so badly in my entire life and I couldn't have it. And then March rolled around. I still did not move in. In fact, they pushed it again. So now I feel like I'm holding on to some false hope forever. And I'm still living with the three boys and still living out of a suitcase. I still had no friends, which was terrible. The only friends I had were my roommates. And even then, it's it's a little bit hard living with other people, you know? It's never going to be perfect unless you happen to have the perfect roommate, which go you. I'm happy for you. And never having, like, not having my support here was hard because, oh, actually, I wrote about it. I wrote on the 26th of March, I miss home. But where is home? Home isn't a place or a destination. It's a feeling. It's people. Despite all this, I know I'll be fine. I trust this world and what it has planned for me. New York or California, I know I'll always find my way back home. And I wrote that because I was very unsure now at this point. Should I really stay? <laughs> like, I feel like life has given me a lot of signs that this is not my place, you know? Like, I'm not meant for the cold. I'm really missing my foundation and my family and my friends all across the country. I'm not sure if I can even move in. Is this really like what I want? I felt very lonely. I felt so homesick and I started doubting, I guess, my emotions and my decision for the first time ever, which I expected if I were to have any doubt, it would have been in January. But now we're well into March and starting to have some doubts. I visited California again because I really could not handle it. And I wrote when I was in California on March 27th, how sad I am to leave on Thursday. Leave the comfort, the nature, the safety, and return to the unknown in the concrete jungle. It scares me a lot, I'm not going to lie. To be so alone in such a lively place, to be lost in the millions of faces crossing the streets every day, to have the closest shoulder I have to lean on be thousands of miles away. I flew back to the city, and within 24 hours in the city, I wrote on March 30th, just because it's harder to start over doesn't mean it's impossible. And my dad also, if you don't know, which I don't know why you would know this, my parents got divorced on Christmas of 2020. Well, they told me that they got divorced on Christmas of 2020. And it's been weird navigating that new life back in California, having to separate my dad from my mom and having to make sure I'm spending equal time with both of them because I love them both very much. And my dad had a new girlfriend that... I just wasn't very fond of, and I kept trying to think of reasons why, but I really could not think of a reason other than I just felt like it was too soon, I think. I don't know. I'm very picky, and I'm very selective with the people I let into my life because I'm very scared of, you know, people hurting me. And I think I almost, I didn't project, I don't know what the right word is here, but I felt like... My 19 years of my life up to that point have been some terrible things have happened to me, you know, and they all shape who I am today. Everything in my life is a part of who I am today. And I felt like I couldn't open up to her and I couldn't just let her in after she skipped 19 years of that. She can't just be here for when I'm older and when I'm okay. She wasn't there for my first heartbreak. She wasn't there when I cried over a boy or when I was like hating college, you know? She wasn't there for a lot of the tough parts of my life that I feel like a lot of my friends and a lot of the people I've loved in my life have been. And so I just didn't want to give her a shortcut into it. I don't know. I had my I had my walls up and I felt like he just wanted me to immediately lower them all for her when I can't do that. So that also came into the picture in March. Next thing I know, it's April, and I'm struggling the worst I've ever had with binging. It's 
terrible. And I'm also losing hope from the board. Like, I am still not moving into my apartment. It's now the next month. And no date yet. No projected date to move in. And I also struggled a lot with missing my old self. And this is something I struggle with for a long period of time. I used to think that I used to be a lot more maybe naive, I guess, but happy and overwhelmed, not overwhelmed, overjoyed by the smallest things in life. I used to be able to never stop smiling. I never had to fake a smile. I never had to fake a laugh. I was so positive and I felt like I was never, I've never been this negative in my life. And I just missed who I used to be. But I don't even remember the last time I fully felt like myself. I think I just didn't feel like I was even in my own body. And I hated that feeling so much. But something I did learn from that over time is that we're meant to change and our environments are going to change and the events that happen in our life are going to change. And of course, over time, we're supposed to change. You know, I still have so many parts of me that I love. I still have like the fact that I still love people. I'm a big lover. I'm a huge lover and that can never be taken away from me. I love being creative. I love writing. That can never be taken away from me. I, you know, I still have all these traits that will always be me, but sometimes it might just be a little bit harder for me to show them because as I've grown up, I've also learned to protect myself a lot more. And maybe that's why I'm not so loving because this experience happened to me and this happened too, but that's never a bad thing to grow and to change because we are not supposed to be the person we are when we're 12 for the rest of our lives or the person we are at 20 for the rest of our lives. We're supposed to change. And now let's move on into May because the hard long winter and finally just went away and spring started appearing and the flowers started showing and I started to finally see the sun again after so long and I'd missed that feeling so badly. I finally moved into my apartment and Derek was the only one, I think, if Derek hadn't told me this I don't think I would have still been in New York I wanted to go home so badly I wanted to withdraw from my application from the board so badly I wanted to return to safety I wanted to return to my friends I had no friends here still I was just feeling very like I was floating around and Derek told me I needed to give New York a fair chance when I actually had my own place to live and I could actually do things on my own schedule and I I didn't have my fair chance yet. And that's what he kept telling me. So I kept hanging on and thank God I did because I am absolutely in love with this city and I'm in love with being here. And so thank you, Derek. I would not have been here without you. Um, I went back to UCSB on March, what was it? Uh, May 27th. And it was a full circle moment. When I left UCSB, I had this one class that was Hollywood and film industry which they don't have that class anymore she was telling me that the professor was telling me that that sucks I loved that class that class was my favorite class fall quarter she'd bring in a guest every week it would be a guest speaker and they'd talk about their experiences and obviously the film and Hollywood industry and they gave me a lot of advice I felt like I needed to hear in that moment and that was the class that gave me the courage to take time away from college And I was invited back because my professor and I were really tight. Like I emailed her on the day I left saying, thank you so much for everything. Like that class gave me an insight onto, I think, what I've been wanting to see for so long. And even in my just myself, like that class has helped me so much and it could help so many people too. But I came back and I basically talked about my experiences in the past six months after leaving. 
and it was amazing and I had a really great time and it's interesting going back to a place that caused me so much hurt and so much pain and rewriting it in my own eyes to be a different place and everyone has the power to do that so I'm very happy that I could have done that because that place is special to me and I can never hate it you can only hate things that you love um that's something Gabby taught me (laughs) You can only have enough emotion to hate when you love something so much. So let's fast forward now to June because June was back where it felt like, what was it? The showers came again and I was down again, again, again. Oh my God. I felt like it would always, always end up that way. In June, at the very beginning, I had a conversation with my best friend and I am not going to sugarcoat any of these I'm like here to tell you everything in this podcast episode. It's unfiltered, absolutely unfiltered. So this person has been my like rock for the past few years. Anytime anything bad had happened, they'd been my safety. Sorry, my ice machine's going off. I don't know exactly what to do about it. But he'd always been my like comfort person. He'd been my best friend. I felt like no matter what, anything in this world could happen to me terribly. And I would be okay because he would be by my side until he broke my heart. And that's something that I didn't want to do for so long because obviously like I didn't even know I really had feelings for him. But I realized for the past few years it's been very on and off. And it was a mutual feeling. But it can never work because I don't live there. And he said a lot of things that hurt me throughout all of this that I could have never seen him doing a few months ago when he'd only just been my best friend. Kept defending him for everything he did, and I blamed myself for it. So on June 4th, this is exactly how much this took over my emotions. It really meant, it really hurt me, and it really affected me for a while. I said, I would never hurt you especially the way you hurt me. I would never lie to you, especially not the way you lied to me. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I should have never told you how I felt. Maybe I should have never opened up to you. Maybe I should have never really trusted you. That's when I started to blame myself for everything, which I should have never done. I thought I could never put a blame on this person because for my entire life, I never blamed them for anything terrible they did because I know it was never their intention to. And I felt like he could never hurt me the way he did, so I blamed myself. I was like, I gotta be the reason why he did this. There must have been something I did, because I can never imagine him doing that himself. When I'm back in California, I also see my brother's graduation, and it was a really sad moment. I'm not gonna lie, I cried. He's growing up, and he's growing into this amazing young man, which he would cringe if you ever heard me say that out loud, but I'm really proud of him, and I'm really happy to see him grow, because I'd not been there for the past three years physically, just because I moved out to college, and then I moved across the country. I've not been physically present in his life but I've tried my best to be emotionally present and he knows he can always come to me like we're we're really great friends my brother and I we're homies and it was just really it made me happy to see him grow up and oh my god I love this kid with my entire heart literally if someone he's the most innocent but precious and loving guy he gives me faith in men I'm gonna be honest he gives me so much faith in men I hope he is never hurt by this world and I hope if some girl ever screws her over that she gets karma because he does not deserve that. I will protect this guy with my entire heart. And I also ended up getting double pink eye and an ear infection this time home and it was terrible. And to top that all off, my dad decides to break the news to me that he's suing my mother for financial reasons with like a disagreement, I guess, over child support, all those things. I don't even know, but he decides to only tell me, which I didn't know what to do in that moment. What are you supposed to do? Because I was also in a fight with my mom, so my mom and I weren't really speaking too much, which 
I love her. I just have to learn too that the way my parents decide to show love is a little bit different than the way I normally would and the way that I would want to have gotten love. But I can tell like she she cares, obviously. She loves me and I love her very much. And there's nothing that hits as much as a hug from my mother. <laughs> so after that, I head back to the city, absolutely heartbroken and absolutely sick and looking like a vampire because of my two red eyes. And I wrote on June 27th because it still bothered me so much. I wrote, you say you care, so why am I not allowed to? Because for the first time too, I felt like they just didn't want me to care, which is so odd to me because I feel like care and love and human emotion is the most important thing on this planet it's the most rewarding thing to receive so how do you not want it I just did not understand that especially for me I was like okay I get it I will never talk to you ever again I don't know now July comes around and in July my dad calls me on the phone and he tells me that he proposed to his girlfriend and they've only been dating for six months so you can imagine my thought processes right here i was like what like what do you mean you're engaged you've known her for six months like i what i still don't get it especially because my older brother has never met her i've spent very minimal time with her and i don't really know her too well i obviously want my dad to be happy he's my best friend as as we say my best buddy we always say that you're my best buddy he's my best buddy and i want my best buddy to be happy but i just wish it would have made more sense to me i think but i can never i'm not like i don't want to be selfish i want him to be happy so my mom and i had made up by this point and she calls me telling me that she received the papers in the mail and my brother start calling me saying hey like you need to fix this because i'm the only girl in my family i'm like daddy's little girl you know what i mean i have some power that they don't so they told me i'm the only one who can change his mind about this all because low-key this guy was gonna lose low-key i don't think he would have won this if had it gone to court so we were all trying to help him but he's very you know i don't i don't think he would have done it had i not talked to him so i take one for the team i book another flight and i'm back in california i'm practically bi-coastal at this point and this time i stay for a month i stay for a long time and i remember i talked to my dad in the car i tried to be a little like easy with it because I was scared that he wouldn't take it so well, and he did not take it very well, and in fact, then he says, your best friend won't even talk to you, and I was like, you just hit my softest spot of all time, so now I'm bawling in the car, and I tell him to get out, (laughs) I'm like, you need to get out of this car right now, because I am having, like, I am having trouble stopping crying, I cannot stop myself from crying, I need to catch my breath, please get out of this car, he gets out of the car, he apologized to me, and this was a very emotional memory for me because it had been years since my dad and I had gotten into an argument like that. It's been years since he yelled at me. Growing up, my dad was, I never blame him for any of this because he definitely was not in the best place mentally. And it took me some time to figure that out. But growing up, he'd always be working. He would work from like 5 a.m. until I swear midnight every single day. And so I never really got to see him often. And on days he came home, he was very overwhelmed, very stressed, very depressed from his job that I was scared to be around him because I didn't know if his if he would talk to me in a way that would hurt me because he was hurt from his, you know, his life. And I couldn't handle that. So I started to keep my distance because he started to... He, I didn't want my mood to be ruined by something that wasn't my fault, but that wasn't his fault either. And I remember one time, junior year, he broke down to me, and I never see my dad that vulnerable. And that's when I learned that our parents are just, 
people. They're just kids in a grown-up body. Like, they're living this life for the first time, too. They don't have an instruction manual, neither do we. And I will never forget hearing my dad's words when he told me that he knows I can never forget, but I, he hopes that I can forgive and hope that we can move on. And I know you guys probably see my relationship with my dad online, and it's very happy, and it's very loving, and he's he's my best buddy, you know? He's always been my best buddy, and that's why we gotta stick together. And we gotta understand that sometimes the only person can only give 20, and we gotta give 80, and that's okay, because sometimes I can only give 20, and the other person's gonna be giving me 80. And he apologized the next day, and then he fixed everything with my mom, which was... Uh, I guess I really took one for the team on that because it worked, but I'm glad. And I left California heartbroken once again from my best friend once again. He said more hurtful things to me once again. And now comes August. I'm turning 20 in August. I'm turned 20 on August 9th. And it was supposed to be a really happy moment in my life, you know, but all I felt was just... I can't believe I'm turning 20 and losing one of the most important people in my life. I can't believe my 19th birthday was so amazing because of this person, but it's terrible because of this person in 2020. And I just for once was not excited to grow up. August was a very dark month for me. I want to preface before I dive a little bit deeper into it. I wrote on August 16th, so oh, I don't even, I, this like, I have not been able to read this journal entry in so long. But I just, even in the summer, felt like the sun was missing, if that makes any sense. Like, I felt like nobody would have cared almost if I wasn't here. And in a matter, I almost felt like it would be better for everyone if I wasn't here. And I didn't want to be here anymore. And for a long time, it felt like I was going to war with myself every day to make the people around me happy. Because... I wanted to be here for them. I wrote on August 16th, it gets number and number every day. I feel less and less. All I've ever wanted to do was spread love and care in this world. All I've ever wanted to do was to love you and be there for you. That's all I want in this world. I think love is the most important thing in this world. People are the most important thing in this world. And um, I remember writing this entry at about 11 p.m., on this bench near my apartment sobbing my eyeballs out listening to music and just journaling and I I couldn't stop crying I really had never I cried like it was the last time I'll ever cry on this entire planet it was my breaking point that was my breaking point and I just kept hanging on I don't know for what but it felt like with my dad and my family problems and also my best friend it felt like I was worth leaving I wasn't worth I wasn't worth being in someone's life. Now we fast forward to September. September was the best month and it was also the worst month. The beginning was terrible and then I had a pivoting moment. So I had two special people who came to visit me this month and I know one of them for sure is listening. So hi Nicole. <laughs> um she had been one of my best friends throughout my entire life. We'd been best friends since sixth grade of middle school, and then we'd had some breaks on and off, which I don't think that's a bad thing. I sometimes think that in life, your paths don't align and you can't be there for each other, but that doesn't mean you can't ever be there for each other in the future. And even when we had our most recent break, I would never say a poor thing about her. Like, she is one of the sweetest people in this world, and she deserves so much. And I'd always 
you know, ask my friends, like, oh, how is she doing? Because I hope she's doing well. I would only ever hope she's doing well. I always hope that for everybody. No matter if you hate me, no matter if I piss you off or if you really don't like me or we lost touch or something happened, I will never hope, I will never wish a bad thing upon you. I always hope that you're happy. Like my best friend's ex who absolutely hates me and told me that she would punch or she didn't tell me that, but she told other people that she'd punch me in the face if she had gotten the chance to. I still wish her well. I hope you're doing well. But Nicole came and we reconnected and it felt like no time has ever passed and I missed her so much in my life. And now we're starting off in a new chapter of a new chapter of our lives when we're old and we're 20. <laughs> and Derek also happened to come the following week for New York Fashion Week. And I also happened to find my New York City family this month. Um, shout out to you guys. I don't think you're listening, but shout out to Fiona, Brandon, Evan, Natalio, and Mai. You guys are amazing. You guys were my family here. I, you're my handpicked family here. And I appreciate every moment we've ever shared together. And you guys really changed my life in a, such a big way by just being present in it. Because I, you were the sign that I was needing. So thank you guys. I don't think you know that, but thank you guys. And, um, this is now the terrible part of September because after September um when Derek came I was still you know not doing too well still in the aftermath of August and in September Derek and I had a conversation and I was telling him like everything I'd been thinking really and he was speechless he didn't know what to say and he didn't have to say anything because his presence in my life was just perfect and it was all I needed and them coming I think reminded me almost that I have a home and I can build a home and I can build a home here. And I was so scared that after Derek left, I would have been riding this high. You know, my best friends come to visit. It's fashion week. I'm going to all these cool things. I'm riding such a high. Life is amazing. And I was so scared that the second Derek would leave and the second fashion week would end, I would be back into this dull gray for a while. But somehow I didn't. I don't exactly know why, and I think it's all thanks to my friends that I made here, because you guys, again, did so much for me without even knowing it. So something happened in September that I've yet to talk about on the internet, and it is hard for me to talk about, but in September, like, oh my gosh, (laughs) in September, I, um... Uh, I don't even think I can tell the story. I was taken advantage of. Um, I was basically sexually assaulted and raped by this one guy. I like I don't even know what else to say. And it took me a long time to even acknowledge it because I think I suppressed it so far. And I it come to terms with everything. It took a lot of time to realize like how much this would affect my life. Um, I think now I'm very scared of a lot of men more than I used to be. I'm not as affectionate. I'm really scared to be affectionate. And I just have to be a lot meaner now, which sucks. But, like, it's a part of life, I guess. And I'm sorry to any and to anyone who's ever had a similar story. I'm so sorry that someone thought that they could take something from you when it's yours. That's kind of the reason why I got my giant butterfly tattoo on my arm. Um, It was because it's mine. Like, my body is mine, and I will grow from this. You can't stop a butterfly from flying. So I move on into October, 
which was an amazing month for me. I finally started to acknowledge everything that's happened in the past few months instead of just having it live rent-free in my brain. I finally, like, combated it. Um, Nicole came back and she visited again, which was very nice to have a familiar presence and a comforting presence with me. And I started to finally take care of myself because when I tried one last time to reach out to my friend and he was not very receptive of it, I learned that even though he's been the one there for me throughout all these years, he's not going to be here forever. Nobody really is going to be here forever, guaranteed in your life, except for yourself. And so I finally started being there for myself. I finally started to pick myself up, up off the ground instead of waiting for someone else to. I really took time off social media too a lot this year because I really didn't want to show myself if I wasn't ready to. I didn't want to, I also struggled a lot with the binging that I couldn't show my face on camera. It was really hard to edit everything and I started to just struggle a lot with that. But I I don't know, maybe it was a blessing in a disguise that he wasn't there for me because I'd never cared so much about myself as I do now and I've never really valued myself and known my own worth and respect so much until now so then I visited Paige for her birthday in Michigan I made my yearly Michigan trip I always visit her for her birthday the big football game and then Halloween and Paige is one of the most important people in my life she has been ever since we became friends sophomore year of high school throughout this entire year all my goods, all my bads, Paige has never left my side and I think that's something that I hope you all find because I I wanted someone and I needed someone who would be there for me, not because I wanted them to, but because they wanted to be there. Not because I needed them to, but because they needed to be by my side. And I, I love Paige. I love you, Paige. You were one of the most important people I've ever had walk into my life. And you've shown me such a love that I didn't think I deserved in so many times. And I would not be the person I am today and I would not be here if it weren't for Paige. Genuinely, Paige is one of my best friends. Paige, you are the most important person to me in this lifetime and I'm so happy that you're still here and I'm still ha- I'm I'm so happy that no matter how much time passes no matter how much distance we have you're always right by my side and I love you for that I genuinely love you very much for that and it was a fun time in Michigan I will always have a fun time in Michigan these Michigan people I'm telling you guys they are like my college friends like I love them just as much as I love my college friends I never met such kind people like that. Now let's move on to November. So I started off the month pretty strong. I I grew closer to a lot of my friends here in New York. We started spending a lot more time together, doing a lot of stupid but fun things together. And I went back to California for Gabby's birthday and for Thanksgiving. And it was weird seeing UCSB again, seeing how much everyone has changed because it's been a minute since I've been there. And also, finally, I I felt like I was just a visitor at the school. Like, I felt like I didn't even have any memories there. It was really weird. During Thanksgiving, my best friend, the one I had not spoken to, texted me, and I did not respond. Not because I didn't know, not because I didn't want to respond. It was more of, I don't know what to say to you. I can't pretend like you didn't just rip my heart out and throw it on the ground multiple times. I can't pretend that what you did didn't hurt me. I also don't know what I want. Like, I can't hang out with you and just be normal. But I also am not ready to have a conversation with you and tell you exactly how I feel because I don't know what I feel. I'm still healing from it. So I didn't respond to it. And then this is album dropped and it sent me back miles. I'm not even kidding. I 
listened to Nobody Gets Me at this coffee shop, the second it plays, I press pause, I close my laptop, and I go home and I cry. Because that that album just did something to me. So thanks for reopening all my wounds, SZA. I, SZA, I really appreciate it. Um, so all of that just brought back a lot of past emotions I didn't think I still had. And now let's move on into December, which is where we stand right now. I met a lot of new friends. I went to my first ever movie premiere with Evan, which was such a fun time I fell down the stairs. <laughs> but I was also lied to by one of my best friends. It just reminded me of the guy because someone I love and trust could hurt me. Just like how someone I loved and trusted hurt me. And I started to just feel like scared. I don't know. Justin always tells me that I struggle a lot with hyper-independency because I'm scared of ever getting hurt by anyone. So I just eliminate all the variables that could ever hurt me ever in my life because it's easier that way. So that's something that Justin put inside my brain. And I didn't want to do that. I also went back for Christmas to California one last time. It's been a lot of visits this year. And for Christmas, I went over to my dad's fiance's. And it was kind of a full circle moment for me because I really spent a lot of time. I really could see that she's really trying and she is a great person. And I realized the reasons why I never liked her were not because of her, they were because of me. And I want to see my dad happy and I've never seen my dad so happy the way he was at that dinner table. He's just smiling like and joyful and giddy like a little kid again. And I want him to be that way forever. And I'm so happy she can make him feel that way. So if that makes him happy, it makes me happy. And... They are getting married officially on February 2nd or 3rd, so congrats, <laughs> y'all, congrats. <laughs> and just like November, I bawled my eyes out on the way to the airport again, which was yesterday, actually. <laughs> I flew back yesterday, and I bawled my eyeballs out again, and it's only in the past two months they've been for happy reasons where I'm bawling my eyes out because I love that place, I love the people there, and I love my family, and I it's always given me so much love, except in the summer, but just because bad things happen somewhere doesn't mean it's bad forever. California, you've shown me so much love, so thank you so much for that. Now I'm sitting here recording this episode when in a few hours Derek and Amanda are coming to visit me for New Year's Eve and Nicole's coming soon after that and I'm very excited because this is life. This is my life and I know that there's going to be terrible things that happen but there's also going to be the great things that happen and it's just all a part of life. It's just I've accepted life and I'm just riding the wave of life. And I think to recap my 2022, I will never expect anything ever again. And I will always have my own back. And this is something that Jordan taught me. With everything, it's not quitting, it's pivoting. If something doesn't make your heart beat anymore, if something doesn't make your world illuminate, it's not terrible to quit it. You're not a quitter, you're not a loser, you're just pivoting. You're redirecting yourself. That's okay. It'll always be okay. And now in 2023, I sat for a minute thinking about what I want in this life. I want to know what I want to happen in the next year. And even after sitting there in the coffee shop for about 10 hours, I could not have thought of a single thing that I would want in 2023 because I'm happy with everything I have. Some things, I guess, could make my life better, but all I want in 2023 is to give love and to receive love. I've been the biggest giver of love. Everyone has told me that. That is my biggest, like, red, not red flag. That is my biggest, like, that's the best part about me. The worst part about me is I'll give love to a lot of people who won't give love back. And I want to stop doing that. I want to stop pouring my love into others when it's not reciprocated. I want to give and I want to receive love this year. I want to feel love the way I love. Because it's very emptying when you pour it all out and it's all gone. 
I also want to be patient with myself. I also want to push myself. Maybe I'm being too patient with myself. Maybe I got to push myself a little bit. I want to try new things. I want to explore a lot of new things. I want this year to be a lot more first. I want to always face each day with a wonder and an excitement. And I know this is not going to be the case on most days, but I don't want to let one bad day ruin the rest of my week. And to everybody who has been a part of my life this year, thank you so much for being a part of my journey. And to everyone who has stuck around for another year, Thank you for loving me and thank you for never leaving my side because you showed me such an unconditional love that I thought was so rare in this world. I will always love you and I will always care for you and you have made my year. So thank you so much. To all my friends who have stuck with me, to all my family who've been my family, whether you're blood related or not, thank you for being my family. Thank you for loving me in times when I needed it and times that I didn't ask for it. I appreciate you and I love you so much. And to everybody listening i know it's really easy to focus on all the negatives of your life when it's just staring right at you but also remember just open the blinds a little bit more let a little bit more of that sun in and see a little bit more of the picture you have so much love around you love isn't everything and love is the most beautiful thing and i will never ever ever regret giving someone love so thank you so much for listening to my 2020 recap podcast episode i also um posted on instagram a little like digital scrapbook of my 2022 which is just the highlights so this one i wanted to be a lot more real and i'm if you guys want to check that out uh, i'd appreciate it and my instagram is just at vanessa nagoya but i wish you all the best end of the year and the best new years and let's take on 2023 together i love you guys so until then trust the process go with your gut and hear your heart. I love you all. Thank you.